Welcome to the Inside Startup Investing Podcast powered by King's Crowd. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lestrino. From discussions with founders and VCs to industry experts and special guests, we want to provide you with the inside scoop on all things startup investing. Whether you're investing $50 a deal or $500,000 a deal, we have the stories you need to hear before clicking invest. From the metaverse to spaceflight and beyond, join us as we explore the world of startup investing for all. And now, on to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Inside Startup Investing. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lestrino, and today I am joined by Sean Ross. Uh, Sean is the co-founder of a company called PureBoost, um, and PureBoost is actually a portfolio company of King's Crowd Capital. So for those who are interested uh, and accredited investors, you can join in on King's Crowd Capital and have exposure to uh, Sean Ross's company. But today we're going to be talking about PureBoost, what they're up to, what they're building. Um, and I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation about an industry and a company that fits a, a pretty hot sector right now, um, if you're paying any attention to kind of the food and bev space. So anyway, let's get into it. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, well, really, I really love having the opportunity to come and chat with a fellow investor. And <laughs> and I really appreciate the support that King's Crowd has uh has shown us since we've been starting this this crowdfunding raise, which has been really interesting, an interesting journey for us and a lot of learning as well. Yeah, I have no doubt. Well, actually, we'll start there in a second. For those who don't know what Pure Boost is about, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you guys are up to. Absolutely. So we are what I say the what I like to say is we're the original clean energy drink mix that's loaded with vitamins and minerals. Yes, there's a lot of other clean energy drinks have been around there for a long time. You might want to say coffee is clean, green tea is clean, sure. But what are all the nutritional elements that you're getting from coffee and green tea? Not a ton, uh, probably more with green tea and you know um, that aspect, but we've got 25 vitamins and minerals. And that is really powerful, especially for people that don't eat a perfect diet. And I'm one of them. I don't know about you, Chris, but I like to- yeah, I, I like to eat my treats and, you know, I, I like my fast food here and there, maybe more than I should. And so the best part about Pure Boost is that it really fills in the cracks of all the other areas of, of nutrients that you're lacking and you're missing. And so for me, I look at it more of, of like an insurance policy, but it's packed with 100 milligrams, milligrams of caffeine from green tea. So it's going to give you that boost that you're looking for and that you need. Um, and it comes in a stick pack, powder form. You can add it to any kind of, uh, you know, water bottle, shaker, uh, and mix it up and away you go. Prefer to have it cold. I don't know about you, but, you know, warm beer doesn't taste good to me. So <laughs> cold everything is, is the best. And we launched about five years ago. We've grown the business significant, significantly on Amazon, on our own e-commerce website. And now we've entered into retail with um, retailers like Walmart, Costco.com, uh, Myers, Walgreens, Ingalls, and a num number of other retailers. So we're really excited about where we're going with our brand. Well, as you know, you know, at Kingscraft Capital, we're pretty much a, a semi-programmatic fund that really uses data to dr drive where we decide to invest. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, it's for me, people are just like, well, what do you think about, you know, this company, that company, especially when it comes to food and bev. And it's like, if you're an early days idea company, I have no idea. I don't know why consumers end up loving things. It's always hard for me to know what direction things are going to go and if a company's going to take off. 
and so much of, of becoming a successful food and bev company is getting the right distribution so on and so forth. And so, you know, there's so many different things that are trying to make it on the shelves and getting that shelf space is immensely, immensely challenging. But at the end of the day, you guys have generated some really solid financials, which is what helped us identify the organization. So talk a little bit about the revenues that you're generating today and, and what is it that you've been able to do to get really solid distribution, one, through the Amazons and what have you, and then two, now getting into the retail channels. We first launched on Amazon and we used Amazon as a beta test to see if this is going to work or not. And, and we felt as though if it was successful on Amazon, then it had legs to grow into an e-commerce business on our own website. And then if we continue to grow, then we were hoping that we could gain the awareness of some of these retailers. <clears throat> and so that's exactly what happened. We grew significantly. We did uh, 800,000 revenue, went to about 1.2 uh, million in our next year. And then we went to 3.6 in the next year. And then in 2021, we did 7.5 million. And then 2022, we, we were above that as well. We're still finalizing our, finalizing our financials, but you know, it was, it was uh, um, double digit growth, which is, which is great for 2022 as well. And uh, I think because of our success growth on Amazon, these retailers started to see like what we were doing. And when we're beating out big names like hmm. Monster, uh, Red Bull, and you know c4 and celsius you know like how are you beating these you know these big brands that have been around for a long time that have massive retail distribution and really what it comes back to is our team even though we were a startup you know five years ago we really weren't a startup in the sense of of who we were as 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 a team and who we were as partners and what i say what, what i mean and, and specifically is that Everybody came in with an expertise in the exact field that we needed. There wasn't any more learning. I'm not saying that we know everything, but there wasn't any learning that we needed to do in order to figure out how can we cut our cost of goods or has anybody ever tried TikTok before? You know what I mean? Like everybody came in with their expertise. We checked every single box that we needed and we hit the ground running, which is a big reason why we were, were a success. And, you know, where we're at now, we're not a startup anymore. We're an established business. Um, you know, we've generated a significant amount of revenue. As, as I mentioned earlier, we've got uh, tens of thousands of customers on subscription every single month that are getting this. And so, you know, the fact that we're an established brand, we're out of that startup phase, really sets us up for some phenomenal growth and success as we enter retail. And, and 2023 is going to be our, our breakout year uh, on, uh, in retail. And what do you think has been the core differentiator? What's the thing? I mean, I, I know you talked a little bit about who you are, what you're all about, and being this natural energy boosting uh, product. But what is it that got you over the line to beat out a monster and to beat out a Celsius and all of this? I mean, that's hard to do. What What is it that got you to be able to win against those and have people decide to buy you over them? Well, I think, first of all, timing was on our side, right? You can launch a product that is so fantastic and so great and so innovative, but if you're wrong, launch at the wrong time, you might have, you know, not that great success or no success at all, right? So I think the fact that um, millennials and Gen Z are way more aware of what they're putting in their bodies. They're actually reading labels. They're leading, reading the ingredient statements. They want to know where these things come from. 
really helped us quite a bit. And that really comes back to our clean element. You know, we, we, our definition of clean is that we don't use any ingredients that are known to be harmful to the body. And, you know, one in particular, it's part of our slogan, it's no sugar, no sucralose, no crash. A sucralose is used in all of those other brands that I mentioned earlier, or some other form of artificial sweetener. And I'm not going to bore you with the research that a lot of these reputable universities have done uh, domestically and abroad, but artificial sweeteners are not good for your body. And, uh, you know, millennials and Gen Z and, and even older generation are now becoming, you know, more aware of the damages that come with artificial sweeteners and, and the ailments that come along with them with repeated use. And so I think timing was absolutely huge. The other thing that is really, really incredible that we've achieved is that we are the only energy drink of our size and larger that actually has more female customers than male. Hmm. And all the other brands that I mentioned, they're very, very masculine driven brands. And traditionally, you know, that's really where, uh, you know, most of the consumers were coming from. Men were looking for, you know, big energy spikes for whatever reason, but women obviously want it too. And even though that wasn't our goal when we launched the business, our goal was to create a family friendly product, which it is, you know, we are, we, we, we want to penetrate a household where, you know, teenage kids and adults, um, and even, you know, aging parents can utilize our product. It's not speaking to just one individual. We learned that, you know, women really love it. And I think because we targeted families first, it makes sense that women are predominantly our customers because most women are, you know, responsible for making those purchases in the household. I know in my house, my wife, you know, does the grocery shopping and, uh, you know, some of my friends, you know, uh, families as well, you know, their, their women, their wives, you know, do the, do the grocery shopping as well. And I also think women in general care more about their health than men, right? They, they traditionally go to the doctor more, they check in on, you know, how they're doing with, you know, different types of specialists and guys, you know, we, we don't think we need that stuff, but we do. Right. And so I think because we created a clean product at the right time, the right demographic, and we're speaking to families um, and women, it's just been a recipe for success. Mm. No, it's really interesting. I mean, again, sometimes it's, it's hard to wrap your head and go like, well, just another beverage company. How do you, you know, how do you become a really big company? But then it was yesterday that it hit me, um, it was from a news story about actually a lawsuit about Celsius. Um, and I, I believe it was Flow Riders. Some, something crazy was owed a bunch of money by, by Celsius. But Celsius, which I've come to know over the past couple of years at my gym and in the grocery store, is an $8 billion company. Um, and I mean, they're kind of an upstart, right? They came around six or seven years ago and suddenly they're worth $8 billion. And we've obviously seen a lot of beverage companies like Body Armor and all of those get bought up for hundreds of millions of dollars by the likes of PepsiCo and Coca-Cola, so on and so forth. So it's obviously a really hot category and there's kind of that that shifting trend line, right, of, of the types of products that are on the shelves, better for you products, all of that. So certainly I think your timing, you're playing into kind of the right trend lines and it turns out it's a very big category. Now, obviously to kind of take it to the next step, you're talking about getting distribution in, uh, in grocery stores. So talk about um, some of the challenges that go with starting to enter places like Walmart um, that you experience as a business as you're trying to scale. Yeah, it sounds very glamorous to be in a grocery store and, and retail locations. And it, it's, it's not that glamorous from the perspective of how much 
goes into it and the risks that are you know, associated with it. Um, and coming back to what I was saying originally, where you know we really had experts on our team from, from the beginning. We weren't out trying to figure things out. We weren't Googling things and looking them up and trying to understand it. We weren't reaching out, trying to network and asking people for favors. Like we have all that expertise in house. And so, um, you know, our, uh, our CEO has, uh, you know, over 20 years of retail experience working with these retailers. And so, you know, getting into a Walmart, yes, you know, it's very hard to get in. Um, but there's a lot of things you have to look at on the front end, you know, what are the agreements and co the, the contracts say and, you know, a lot of these retailers have one-sided agreements for the average entrepreneur that really, they don't really know how to navigate. They don't really understand it. And sometimes they just sign it because they're all excited about Walmart, but they don't realize that what they're agreeing to are things that can damage their margin and essentially make them, you know, an unprofitable business in those, those distribution channels. And, and luckily we've got a phenomenal CEO, Jay Mercer, that knows all this stuff that, you know, really won't allow us to get caught in making some mistakes. And so entering grocery with someone like Jay that has that background and expertise gives us a huge leg up on the competition as well. Um, and then, you know, maintaining our success and making sure we continue to, to thrive and grow and we sell on shelf is really important. It's getting the awareness. It's doing in-store promos, in-store demos, discounts, um, driving traffic from, you know, our customer base to those retail locations, you know, working with different influencers. I mean, there's so many key elements that go into it. And I wish I could say there was one thing, but I can say the one thing is that we've got the right people that know how to do it. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, what are some of those key drivers? You talk about influencers and things like that, but how do you get the word out about a brand new brand and kind of convince people again to go with that over anything else? Especially you get into Walmart and there's you know 600 different products on the shelf. How do you stand out and get that person to decide to buy your product? In retail, specifically? Yeah. Well, branding is key, right? That's huge. And I think the fact that we have drawn in such a strong female demographic and females traditionally do the shopping, uh, that's going to help us a lot. When we go on shelf or we're, as we're on shelf, we're next to, you know, brands like, you know, Celsius and, you know, ZipFizz and some of these other ones that they're not, they're not speaking to the shopper that we're speaking to. Right. And so I think we're bringing in a new customer and a very loyal customer, which is huge. Um, plus, you know, once they, they, they pick the package up and they start seeing what's in it, it's going to blow them away. The, the fact that there's 25 vitamins and minerals in our original line and it doesn't have any artificial sweeteners is huge. And, uh, and that's been working well. And so our, our sales at Walmart have been growing, which is phenomenal. Our sales at Costco.com have been growing so well that they actually asked for a meeting. So I'm flying up there the first week of February with our CEO to have a meeting with them because they've just been blown away. Hmm. And Costco just approved us for their uh, Costco Connections magazine. We're going to be featured. 14 million households are going to get that magazine. And that's not something you, you, you can pay for or request. You have to earn that with your sales and your success right at, at Costco. And uh, we're going to be doing a, a discount. I think it's a $9 off discount, which is going to be pretty strong for all those Costco members. Yeah. Um, so I think we're doing the right thing. I think the branding is the big, the big, big part. Um, and, um, you know, the amount, the amount of nutrients that are packed into it in a, in a, clean, in a clean product. In terms of the, the uh, subscription business, what percent of your revenues today come from that? 
Um, and how does that work? Yep, 45%, so 40, 45% of our revenue comes from subscription, which is hmm. really strong. I see in my other, my friends' businesses and what they're doing, and they're hovering anywhere from 20 to 30%, which is pretty good. And yeah. they just, they're like, how do you do that? And again, I, I think because women are much more loyal uh, customers um, and there are not really many other options out there. I mean, if I, I can't tell you any other product that has even half the amount of nutrients that Pure Boost has and is clean, I, it doesn't exist. So the fact that we've really carved out this, this new subcategory under the energy hydration mix space is pretty exceptional. I think that's a big factor. Now, do you own your manufacturing? So we own the entire supply chain of our manufacturing. Wow. Yeah. So, and that's something that comes from my background. So I worked for the world's largest sports nutrition company and that company is called Glambia Nutritionals. They own brands like Optimum Nutrition, VSN, Think Thin, Slim Fast, Amazing mm. Grass. And uh, because of my experience there, I developed relationships with some of the best partners when it comes to sourcing ingredients, packaging, manufacturing. And uh, when I left and started Pure Boost, all those relationships were still mine, right? So I got to work with you know my friends still and um, create some pretty phenomenal products. And so that's something that's really valuable. You know, A lot of other businesses and brands out there, they don't have that sophistication. And so when they wanna go and exit, they wanna sell, their, their business is not valued at, as much as it could have been because they don't own their supply chain, right? They're stuck right. with certain suppliers or stuck with certain manufacturers. Um, and that, that's not the case. We own every aspect of our supply chain. So say for instance, uh, Unilever uh, wants to acquire us and they want to plug us into their manufacturing facility. They could take everything because we own it all and they can plug mm -hmm. it in and they can obviously save more money being vertically integrated. Obviously contract manufacturing comes with its issues that you just brought up and outsourcing it. And I think when you're talking about a quality product and a, you know, clean ingredients, all of that, having control of the process makes all the sense in the world. Um, at the same time, right, it comes with its challenges, especially as you're trying to scale. So how are you finding the operational element as you're starting to see, you know, if Costco is going to send in 14 million members and suddenly you're going to have this crazy amount of sales. I'm sure people have heard of, you know, the Shark Tank horror stories where they can't even keep up with the demand, right? And the whole thing comes crashing down. So how do you manage growth in manufacturing and having the capacity you need to handle that growth? Yeah, we um, are very fortunate. We've never been in a back order situation ever since we started. We've had some significant spikes in growth. And um, even during COVID when supply chain was absolutely chaotic and people were having just such a horrific time trying to get their product made or, or waiting for this one component, we didn't have that issue. I had, I had friends of mine begging me for ingredients because they knew we had it. And so um, that's, been all, that's always been at the forefront uh, of my mind. And that's really the, I guess, the expertise that I bring to our team is that supply chain element, right? So, I mean, look, if we went in the Shark Tank and, you know, Shark Tank got us, you know, 20 million, you know, plus orders, no, no, no business could prepare for that. It's not possible. <laughs> um, and I think that would actually hurt our business because we, our subscribers would be very, very mad at us. So I, I wouldn't even want that. Uh, but, uh, you know, because of what we're doing and we're doing it with us with such sophistication, we're able to manage, you know, all of the growth that's coming our way. And so I'm, I'm happy to say, I don't see us entering any issues with supply chain. 
and we're very well, you know, we're, we're very well established with all of our partners. And, you know, even, even when we had some close calls, it was just a matter of me calling up, you know, a friend of mine who's the owner of the company and saying, Hey, you know, I need, I need more, you know, of, uh, you know, vitamin B12. Can you get us, to, can you get it to us sooner? You know? And they're like, of course, you know, and that's the power of relationships and, and network and being in this industry for you know, almost 16 years. Will you be utilizing some of the funds raised in this current round to grow manufacturing or are you good with what you have in place today? Yeah, a big chunk of it's going to support inventory, you know, and that and that's why we did this raise because, you know, going into retail, it's it's heavy, right? You're you're selling product to these retailers and you're going many, many months without getting paid. The beautiful thing about selling on Amazon is that you get paid every two weeks. The beautiful mm. thing about selling on your own website you get paid 24 hours, right? So that cash is continuing to flow in. And that's why a lot of brands don't make it in retail. They don't, they don't budget correctly. They don't know what those costs are and uh, they run out of cash very quickly. And so I'd say uh, about half of our, our cash in this raise is going to fund the inventory that's going to support retail. Yeah, and, and just for people who don't kind of know that, so essentially when, when you're selling into retail, they have what, like up to 90 days or sometimes more based on how you negotiate to actually pay you for the inventory of the products that they're going to sell on their shelves. So you actually have to like upfront pay them or pay for the product and get nothing back in return for 90 to even 120 days from what I've heard from some folks, correct? That is exactly right, Chris. Exactly right. Yeah. Which is, which could be very damaging for a lot of brands that don't go in there knowing that. Yep. And suddenly, right. They spend all their money to manufacture it. They put it on the shelves. They have no money and suddenly they're out of business and they're sitting there waiting for cash to come in the door. So it's certainly not an easy problem to manage, especially in these days. Um, so you're doing a community round. Tell us a little bit about it. And we'd love to hear from you, you know, some of the things that you have learned along the way, both good and bad in the experience. Sure. I, uh, I've learned a lot in a very short period of time. Just as, as it relates to raising funds, I've always traditionally raised money from friends and family. So just privately, right? Yep. And, you know, that that's pretty straightforward. You know, you meet with somebody, you share with them your deck, you talk about your brand, you talk about the future, and you ask them, you know, to write you a check. And, and then, you know, they, uh, you know, become like a class B or a class C shareholder and they have no voting rights. And, you know, they're pretty much silent waiting for, you know, our, our updates, wherever on a quarterly basis. Uh, and then, you know, you've got your, your community around, right. Which is what we're doing right now. And then you also have institutional investors like VCs, private equity. And even though we've never taken any money from institutional investors, I've spoken with a lot of them, uh, because they've, they've come to us now with all of our exposure and our growth. Um, they've been speaking with us over the last few years, even before we started our crowdfunding raise. And, you know, there, there's a time and a place, I believe for institutional investors, uh, investments. And, um, I, I, I don't think that it was really right for pure boost, which is why we chose to go the community round. Um, but there's advantages and disadvantages to both. You know, one of the disadvantages to going with an institutional investor is that they typically want board seats, right? They, they want to be involved on a more day-to-day -day basis. And, and that's okay. Maybe that's helpful to you, you know, as a business owner, maybe you want somebody that can bring some element of expertise to the table that you don't have. Um, but we really weren't looking for that. We didn't want to give up board seats on the crowdfunding side. We don't have to give up board seats. 
right? Mm -hmm. um, which was a huge advantage for us, which helped us, you know, lean more in towards that decision. The other thing, you know, that we really liked about the crowd was that we were able to invite our customers to come in and invest and they don't have to be accredited. And, you know, I think you can invest up to $2,200 um, per year without being an, for brand without being an accredited investor. And an accredited investor is someone that has a net worth, I believe, of at least a million dollars. And that's a lot of money. And, you know, it's not a lot of people have that kind of money. And so we love the idea of opening it up to our, our customers, even friends, family members, and vendors of ours. Some of our suppliers uh, are investors now. You know, our sales reps or customer service reps have come in, you know, for some small amounts, medium amounts, which is really amazing. I remember when I was on the manufacturing side, Chris, you know, I always saw these brands that I was supporting and they just took off and grew and sold for so much. I'm like, man, I wish I had a chance to have a little piece of that. I never had the opportunity. And so I, I love that I was able to extend that opportunity. And, you know, I'm proud to say that my, you know, my family all has all come in. My mom has come in. My in-laws have come in, you know, college friends, high school friends have come in. Like, and these are people that, you know, don't have a lot of money, but because of this crowdfunding raise, it really gave the opportunity to what I like to call the small guys, you know, let, let the small guys come in and have a piece of something um, so that the rich don't continue to, you know, keep getting richer. Um, and that really was a big, big reason for it. And, and it's and turning out to working really well. I mean, we've raised over two and a half million dollars from the crowd in the last few months. Um, we've con we've continued to be um, one of the, the most raised on the WeFunder platform. And uh, there's some really nice perks that we give people depending on certain tiers that they, they hit as far as investments. Um, plus, another huge advantage is all these investors are now brand ambassadors, right? right? They're talking about us. You know, we get to come on podcasts like this with you, right? I get to speak to your audience and whether they want to come in as an investor or they just are now curious about this clean, uh, healthy energy drink mix that has 25 vitamins and minerals, like, this is it's awareness and we've had tremendous awareness with this crowdfunding raise, which you would not get with an institutional investor. Right. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's that's answered your question. But I, I think those are the, the, the top takeaways for me. No, absolutely. Well, congratulations on all your success. Obviously, a really interesting company. And what I've already mentioned is a, a very hot sector, especially for acquisitions. So I think there's some interesting opportunities for investors on that front, at least from where I sit. Um, but congrats again on all that you've accomplished. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your thoughts. And for anyone who's interested, you should be able to go check out uh, and actually invest in the company and you could check out their rating and their performance on King's Crowd. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Inside Startup Investing. Before you go, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a like or a positive review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to like and share our latest episodes. And if you like what you heard and want to learn more about how we can help you manage your startup investing search, diligence, and management at King's Crowd, check us out at kingscrowd.com. Thanks, and until next time, happy investing.